Hello. Today I'm going to talk about 17 tips on successfully applying to postdoc positions. So uh, if you read my book or, you know, took a look at it, you know, also uh, from this blog, what went into successfully applying to postdoc positions for me and what the outcome of it all was for me. So everything that I write about in this book, How to Land Your Dream Postdoc, which is now available on Amazon, I also write about in this blog, howtophd.org, and then I make episodes for my podcast, How to PhD, uh, which is now available on pretty much every uh, podcast platform. So I'm really happy about that. So if you're listening to this episode, if you're reading my blog at howtophd.org, I'm going to keep you posted on all of this. And uh, I, I share about how I applied to uh, very few postdoc positions and I got interviews at most places and I got offers as well. So that was the outcome for me. And so I want to share with you uh, sort of these tips on how to successfully land a postdoc position if that's what you're looking for. In general, though, I tend to warn people about postdocs being temporary and not coming with a guarantee of a career in academia. So I, I definitely want to include that caveat here as I make this episode, because I don't want to make, you know, have you think that getting a postdoc is in any way, shape or form a permanent career in academia, right? At the same time, I want to share how I felt about everything so that you can know uh, not only what it takes to apply and be successful with that, but also what it means to live through it. So you might end up in a position where you have to make tough decisions when you do get those postdoc offers. I just want to let you know up front that when you follow these steps um, that I talk about here in this episode and you actually land your dream postdoc offer, uh, you might find yourself in a pretty difficult position. I found myself in a difficult position when I had to uh, make those types of decisions. So I just like to comment that we all want things, but do we know what to do when we get those things? And I talk about this at length in my book. And also I cover everything that, that that's in the book also on my blog. And these podcast episodes, it's just going to be more organized in the book, as you can imagine. So to summarize the major tips for successfully applying to postdoc positions are as follows. Number one, be selective and apply to specific positions that excite you and where you can make a strong case for yourself. So this really, really worked for me where I was very selective about even applying to a postdoc position. Like I didn't apply to lots and lots of postdoc positions. There weren't any generic applications. If I didn't feel excited, if I didn't really, really want to do that particular postdoc, I didn't even bother applying. So just by being selective, you actually make yourself uh, a better candidate in the process. And um, also this should sort of make you think about where you can make a strong case for yourself because where you can make a strong case for yourself has a much, much, much higher likelihood of turning into an interview and, and eventually an offer. Number two, step two for successfully applying to postdocs. Know the name of the person who would be hiring you and do your research on them. So this is along the same lines of what I just said. Don't send out generic applications just to send out applications. It's not worth your time and you probably won't get interview calls. Make two good applications rather than 20 generic ones. And trust me on this, this has really, really worked for me. Uh, just being really selective and really knowing the person or at least even if they're not not your best friend or a collaborator, at least knowing their name and what they're, you know, what they're doing. You want to know about that professor who would be hiring you, uh, because if you don't make that connection, you probably won't get the interview. Number three, 
This leads me to my next point, which is step three. It's who you know and what you did. Use your network to find opportunities and get referred for them, right? Use your network to find opportunities and get referred for them, but also focus on finding positions that are a good fit for you based on the work you did. So that's the thing. Like your network is going to help you get the uh, get get that initial uh, introduction where this person who is looking to hire a postdoc will come to know that you exist. So your network will help to create awareness that you as a person even exist and that you might be an option for them to hire. However, the strong case, the part about making a strong case where you would be a good fit for that role has to do with your the work you did. If the work you did does not really prepare you for that next role, you're probably going to get passed over. So having a strong network will help you to get the leads and put you in a better position for getting interviewed. But if what you did is not going to make you a strong candidate for what they want you to do next, then you will be passed over for someone else. It's as simple as that. So don't take this personally. If you don't get a job, um, like after being interviewed or whatever, it's probably that they found someone else who... um, who can just who has just more experience for the exact kind of work that they're wanting uh, them to do next. And so if the work, if everything that you've done so far does does not prepare you uh, for the next role, then it's probably not going to work out. Right. And um, that that's 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 the, that's unfortunately the truth. Like you can be uh, awesome, but you have to make us make a case for yourself. And that is usually done with the work that you have already done. So in that case, in that sense, actually, it's very easy. You can think of this as a very easy way to then get a postdoc when it is a good fit, when it, when you can actually back yourself up with the work that you've already done. So uh, honestly, when you are that right fit, it should not be very difficult to, de- to then get your dream postdoc. Number four, everything you have done already should make you the perfect candidate for the perfect role. So in your research statement, and this is something I've talked about in a a different episode that's pretty popular, how you write your research statement for the postdoc application is simply talking about the things you've already done that make you a particularly strong candidate for that specific position. That will work to at least get you an interview from my experience. So basically, again, this is stressing that same point that what you've already done makes you the best perfect, strong, whatever candidate for that next role. So in your research statement, how you write it is simply you talk about the things you've already done and then you connect those things to the next thing. And you basically, again, you back yourself up. You make a strong case also in the research statement while you're writing it, uh, showing that, okay, these are the things I've done and this is why I would be a good candidate for your position. So write your research statement with that same mentality as if you're making a case for yourself because you really are. Step five, don't feel too shy to apply to prestigious fellowships. Go for it. You have what it takes. This is something that caught me by surprise when I actually applied to prestigious fellowships and started to get interviews because I was like, oh my God, like I'm good enough for this. I didn't, I didn't think so. But Honestly, when you are the right fit, when you can make a strong case for yourself in the research statement and your application and then eventually at the interview, everything kind of works out. Like you will get that interview. Like go for it, girl. Like do it. Step six, 
don't feel too shy to apply just because your papers are in the pipeline and not yet finally published in journals. So this is a big one. You may not have papers that are already published by the time you're applying for these postdocs, right? Like maybe you're in the in your senior year of graduate uh, school and you don't yet have finally published papers in journals. The thing is, you can still talk about them in your research statement and link to the preprints. So for me, for example, I had a lot of preprints. I had papers that were basically in the step before being finally published. Uh, they were on archive.org. So th things like that. You can still point to the work you've done, even there, even if it's not finally, finally published in a journal. Be confident about the work you've done and excited about what you want to do next. And this will take you so, so, so far. Step seven, make connections, not just with the people, but with the work you have done and want to do next. So I'm really beating this horse, right? Like you have to make connections, not just with people who will then uh, bring, you know, uh, make you help make you make those connections with the opportunities like will generate leads. But you have to make connections between your work now and the work that you want to do next. If you cannot somehow connect the work you've done to the work you want to do next, then it's not going to work out. Bring attention to how what you have done makes you great for the next opportunity. Connect your current research to the work you want to be doing in the future. And you can, this just generates a lot of confidence um, in you as a researcher and also just builds your case. It's like you're lawyering up for yourself and building a case for why you are the perfect candidate for that role. Step eight. Even before applying for postdocs, establish what you care about and why as far as the work you want to do. So this is super, super, super important. The, the what you want to be doing, what do you care about in research and why, this needs to be crystal clear in your head. This is your dream and the time may come, and I will say the time will definitely come to share it. So if you are asked about this and you don't know and you cannot communicate properly, that will put you in a much more weaker position uh, than if you are crystal clear about what it is you care about in your research and why. Step nine, at the interview, be prepared to answer the question about what is the one thing, what is the one thing you would do if money was not a limitation? This is probably your dream, right, that I just talked about. They want to know and you should be able to articulate it. Also, you should have enough faith to do so without feeling shame about it. So you have a dream. Be ready to articulate it and don't be embarrassed to share it. Don't, don't feel any shame about it. Own it and say it with confidence. Even if you think that your dream may not be supported at that, in, at that particular position, you should still have a dream and be prepared to share what, what it is. When the time comes to tell the ultimate truth about yourself and what you want to be doing, you should be prepared to tell it how it is. Because... So you might be thinking that this will hurt you, like you have this dream research, this dream work that you want to do, but you think that that particular postdoc position that you have applied for cannot support it. But you'll be surprised with the power of stating your dream. So the thing is, nobody wants to support a postdoc that does not have a dream, okay? So like even if your dream does not align with that position, if you are good at expressing what your dream is, expressing what you want to be doing, that can take you very, very far. And you just have to be brave and uh, go for it. Trust me. Step 10, 
Never go over time during a job talk. So generally during these interviews, you have to give a talk about your about the research you've done. So that's called a job talk, definitely, uh, usually in academia. And what you should do is never go over time. So I know that sometimes during seminars, colloquiums, people go over time a little bit, and then that cuts short uh, the time for questions. But for your job talk, you should be very, 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 very professional. Because if you do, if you go over time, that makes you look unprepared and therefore unprofessional. So it is critical to use exactly the time that has been allotted for your talk and transition smoothly to questions. And of course, yes, you should expect questions even during your tr- talk. So really, you should not l- write a very long talk uh, for your job talk. You should keep in mind that you might get questions. You may get interrupted during the talk. And... Uh, you need to have time for questions after the talk. So, you know, don't, you know, don't overkill. You want to have your talk be a very good length that you can actually manage. Step 11, before telling the audience how you got your results, just tell them the results. So generally when you're giving your job talk, so this pretends to your job talk, you probably are talking about the work you did and you have some results and you may be, uh, tempted to tell all, to tell the audience all about your methods, how you got the results, because, you know, that is the part that you've been really, really entrenched in. That's the part you're involved in. However, I can promise you, nobody cares. Unfortunately, no one cares about how you got there. No one cares about how you got your results. So don't make them wait to hear about your results till after the method slides. It's actually much more professional to first share your results, show results first, and keep methods to a minimum. This actually helps to highlight your impact. So it's not your methods and how hard you work that will get you this job. It's your impact that will get you this job. And you want to highlight your impact by getting straight to the results before you talk about how you got there, okay? Um, Next. Number uh, number 12, when answering questions during the job talk, first, repeat the question for the rest of your audience. This way you include everyone in the conversation and no one feels left out. This is very, very, very important. Don't not repeat the questions, okay? Number uh, 13, whoops. Unless the question is super obvious to you, gain clarification on the question and confirm that you truly understand what they're asking before you even attempt to answer it. This is super duper important. I talk about this at length in my book in a basically a section where how do you answer questions, um, especially the questions that trip you up that you are not sort of uh, totally sure about. So, so I will just say, unless the question is super obvious to you, like it's a super obvious question and you have a super uh, quick answer, I would always suggest that you gain clarification on the question and confirm that you truly understand what they're asking before you even attempt to answer it, right? This is when you're fielding questions during your job talk. You should repeat the question for your audience and you should gain clarification and turn it into a bit of a conversation so that you don't further uh, confuse your audience by not understanding their question in the first place. And this will also make you look professional. Step 14. Aim to make a good impression on the whole organization or department, whole organization or department. So you are probably interviewing for a position with a specific specific professor, but if a professor likes you and wants you to have the position but cannot pay you, right, 
So they want you, they want to hire you, but they cannot pay you. They might be able to convince the department to chip in and help pay for you. In this case, it would really, really help if you make a good impression with that department as a whole. So do your homework on the organization and the department as a whole. Think of it as being hired by that entire organization, by that entire department, not just the individual professor that you'd be working for, right? So being that much more bigger picture mentality, this also makes you look really good and professional and helps to secure your funding. So that's very important. All right, number 15, believe in yourself and your work. You need to believe that you deserve to be awarded an awarded an opportunity to do the research that you want to do. If you don't believe in yourself and your work, why should anyone else believe in you and your work, right? Why should anyone else give you money to do research? If you're not excited about your work, if you're not if you don't think that this opportunity deserves funding, right? If you uh don't believe that you deserve to be awarded an opportunity, you probably will not be op- uh, awarded an opportunity. You need to be the first person who believes in you. Number 16, be optimistic and excited about the work you want to do, right? This is about the work you want to do. You want to be very optimistic and excited about it. Recognize the importance of your work, the contributions you have made to your field, and then practice explaining the same in an excited manner. Because if again, if you're not excited about your work, if you're not uh, able to articulate the contributions you've made, uh, why should anyone fund your research? And why should anyone else feel excited enough to actually give you money to do the research that you really want to do? And lastly, number 17, when making big decisions, take the pressure off by realizing that life is long enough to screw up many times. So the thing is, like, say you've got up, you're between two postdoc offers or a postdoc offer and a job offer, and you don't know what to do. This happened to me. Honestly, you can take that pressure off by realizing that it's okay. Nothing bad will happen if you take an opportunity and decide that you want to do something else. You can always change your mind. You can always do this thing, learn from this thing, and go on to do the next thing. You can always switch later on. There will be this, and then there will be something else. It's all going to work out. Take that pressure off. You're not stuck with this position forever or anything like that. So when making big decisions, just remember that life is long enough. If this one is a mistake, well, you learn from it and you move on to the next thing, okay? So I really, really hope that these tips on successfully applying to postdoc positions help you out. Please do share these on your social networks and leave a comment or, you know, give me a a comment on my blog. Let me know how you uh, feel about all of this and if this is helping or not. And again, all of this is, uh, I write about all of this in my book, uh, but I really, really want to make this information available to you for free on my blog and on these podcast episodes and on YouTube videos. Um, So please do subscribe and, and find a way to stay connected so I can keep you posted on all of this. All right. Thank you so much. Love you.